One late afternoon in June, I sat at a dining room table eating kimbap and sticky rice cakes with Mrs. Yu. I'd just gotten off my shift as a campus reporter for Princeton's Rowdy Reunions weekend, so it was a relief to replace the world of beer-smelling grass and orange confetti with a quiet suburb just minutes away from campus. Mrs. Yu is 81 years old. She lived in Princeton for 41 years before moving to Pittsburgh a few years ago. I met her through my Spanish professor, whose husband's mother had been close friends with Mrs. Yu for many years. My professor said that Mrs. Yu had wanted to start some kind of project to share her experiences working as a nurse, and asked if I, as a journalism student, could possibly help. I agreed. Aside from our connection with Princeton, Mrs. Yu and I only really had one thing in common. We're both from Korea. But unlike me, Mrs. Yu was from the northern part of the country. Her family had to flee to South Korea once the peninsula was split in half, and she eventually emigrated to the United States in 1971 in search of a better life. And me? As a South Korean citizen, I can't even enter North Korea. I have no idea what Mrs. Yu's side of Korea is like, and I probably never will. I'm in the U.S. to get a good education, but I always have the privilege of returning home. That June afternoon, Mrs. Yu had picked up a large tray of kimbap from an Asian grocery store in Edison and brought it to her friend's house in Princeton, where we made small talk over mouthfuls of rice and kimchi. I was nearly 7,000 miles away from home, but I felt like I had been transported to my grandmother's house, eating sticky carbohydrates and feeling the encroaching fullness hug my belly in the classic sign of Korean hospitality. I'd agreed to do an oral history with Mrs. Yu while we were both in town. The moment we sat down to do our interview felt oddly sacrosanct, as if we were creating history of some kind, which I guess you were, bringing together a young international student from South Korea with a North Korean emigre who'd spent most of her lifetime in America. I entangled the cords of the attachable microphones, plugged the relevant parts into the voice recorder, and checked to see if the sound levels were correct. And then we began. This is Jimin Kang on the 30th of May, 2019, at Longview Drive, Princeton, as part of the Voices of Princeton project. I'm here today with Mrs. Sung Yu. My name is Sung Yu, and I'm the interviewer. So the first thing I would like to ask is for you Mrs. Yu's story is beautiful, but it's a story I want to save for another time. It's been a whole summer since I last saw Mrs. Yu, and when I think of Mrs. Yu, I can't help but think of my own grandmother, who I visited a few weeks ago while I was still at home in Korea. My parents and I decided to make a quick road trip down to the seaside city of Busan to say hello. I hadn't seen my grandmother in two years. In fact, I haven't spent much time with my grandmother at all. My family moved to Hong Kong when I was four, and during the 15 years I spent in that city, I only saw my grandparents once every few years. Whenever we visited, the homecoming rituals were the same. 
We'd gather at the dining room table and eat home-cooked foods until we were stuffed, and then continue on to fruit and dessert and drinks until it was late and everyone was ready to go home. I've always harbored a quiet fascination about my grandmother's life. For one thing, I know little about her. The only stories she tells me about her life are the ones in which I play a prominent part. The time I embarrassed her on a bus by banging my head on the windows crying, for example, is a tale I've heard over and over again. To be fair, she doesn't ask much about me either. All that matters at our reunions is that we're together, that I'm supposedly doing okay at school. And after the basics are covered, I remain silent as the adult conversation turns to family gossip or politics or food. My grandmother is turning 77 this year. By process of deduction, that means she was alive during the Korean War. She was also alive throughout the rapid industrialization that made South Korea transform from a quiet agricultural country to the crazy technology-fueled powerhouse it is today. Watching my grandmother talk about her regular yoga classes and do the heavy lifting around her home, I couldn't help but think that she's not going to be with us forever. One day, she'll go. The only memories I'll have of us will be the ones where we sat together in silence or over small talk. I'll never know what her life was like before my mother had me. I'll never know the history she lived. I wish I could do an oral history with my grandmother, but the reality right now is that I can't. Language sits between us like an empty pit. I speak Korean with my parents, but weirdly enough, I feel awkward speaking it with most people who aren't my parents. A few weeks ago, my grandmother asked if I was really Korean. It was a joke on her part, but I admit it stung. I had suspected that she'd interpreted my silence as the silence of a foreigner, and the comment had unfortunately confirmed that fear. And then there's time. At any family reunion, my grandmother is always running around trying to get things done and organized so that everyone else can have a good time. It's hard to catch her, let alone sit with her for a while. And when I do, it's almost always because we're sat in front of the TV, falling half asleep as the channel whatever it is, drones on. But the biggest roadblock is probably my mom's unwillingness for an oral history to exist in the first place. My mom is the biggest intermediary in my relationship with my grandmother. Arguably, without her, I'd never even call my grandmother in the first place. When I asked my mom if I could interview my grandmother earlier this summer, she was quick to say no. In some ways, it was as much my mom's story as it was my grandmother's, and to record that history would be to record things that could potentially hurt my mother if it became known. Which brings me back to Mrs. Yu. Sitting with Mrs. Yu, there were certain moments where I felt close to tears. Sure, moments of her story spoke of a courage and determination that gave me goosebumps. There were moments when Mrs. Yu cried herself. But sitting on that couch, microphones attached and recorder in hand, I felt hypocrisy bubble inside me. Here I was, interviewing someone else's grandmother when I couldn't bring myself to interview my own. What did that say about me? I think about that pretty often. <laughs> <laughs>